Heavenly Father, we, uh, we thank you for church family, Lord. We thank you for the anointing that you have on this man. Um, Lord, I'd say, get Gary out of the way, but do it with him, Lord. Do it with him. He's the sort of man that, that says, send me. And um, we're really grateful for that. Like, what a privilege to be able to journey with a man like Gary. And we thank you for the word that you have for us today. And all our eyes are on you, Lord. Our eyes are on you during this sermon. Speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Marty. I'm glad you added a little bit in the prayer about uh, where the centre is, where the focus is, because uh, if you're going to focus on me, you can be horribly disappointed. But if Jesus is in this, and I'm sure he is, then uh, anything can happen. And probably will. Well, so as you already heard, Chris has got COVID. Bummer. So Chris, if you're listening, I hope you're asleep anyway, but if you're listening, get well soon, mate. Uh, to Natasha, dobre utra. Uh, Dana, be a good girl for mummy, especially now. We're going to look at Colossians chapter 4. It'll come up on the board. First six verses of Colossians chapter 4. Here we go. I'd like you to read it with me. It's going to come up here on, uh, on the screen one verse at a time. Let's read it together. Okay, here we go. Masters, be just and fair to your slaves. Remember that you also have a master in heaven. Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Pray for us too that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. That is why I'm here in chains. Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have <clears throat> the right response for everyone. Amen. Good word. doesn't matter where you go in the scriptures, there's something to mull over, to digest, and to respond to, more importantly. Not just looking at, like, as the scripture says in James, looking in the mirror and going, oh, yeah, sweet, and then walking away. To look at the word, get a hold of what it's saying to you, and then live accordingly is critical. In fact, it's non-negotiable. Uh, I came across this quote just yesterday. Can you put it up there? Thanks, Damo. This is by a fellow called Hans van Balthazar. I've probably got the pronunciation wrong, but he was a Swiss theologian and a Catholic priest who died in 1988. Look at this. We do not build the kingdom of God on earth by our own efforts. The most we can do through genuine prayer is to make as much room as possible in ourselves and in the world for the kingdom of God so that its energies can go to work. Cop that. <laughs> How good is that? Make room for the kingdom in ourselves and in the world. Former Prime Minister Kevin Rudd, uh, just on Friday night, has been appointed to an international panel that will investigate how the rest of the world can provide a secure a security guarantee to the Ukraine so Russia won't invade it again. Good luck with that, eh? There's a lot of prayer. As a person who would say he's a Christian, 
then by implication, Mr. Rudd has an enormous opportunity to be speaking biblical values of social justice, conscience, conviction and compassion. Would you agree? Get in there, Kev. Go, Kev. Um, seriously. Because, I mean, we gather together in places like this box we call LJ Chapel or Church or Core. But that's not our primary calling. Our primary calling is to be the presence of Christ, to take the presence of Christ wherever we go and in every relationship that we have opportunity to develop and mix with. So uh, I want to suggest to you today five habits of highly missional people, people who are absolutely kingdom-focused. Now, instead of sitting there with your arms folded, you can grab the care card because that's the only bit of paper on your, on your chair there today. Grab the biro, flip the car card over. You can put your needs on the front later. But right now, flip the car card. Uh, car card? Make that care card, okay? And I want you to write down these letters. B, uh, sorry, yeah, B-E-L-L-S. It's on the screen there now. Bells, ring-a-ding-ding. Write it down the side, B-E-L-L-S. And we're going to make an acronym out of this, these five letters, which are a summary, and it's a real um, challenge for us all here today who call ourselves kingdom people, who call ourselves followers of Jesus, to use these things to spread the word. As the writer of Colossians said, take every opportunity. Make every opportunity. And he said, pray for us that we will have opportunities. And here's Paul sitting in chains in a prison in Philippi and he's saying to the people in Colossae, pray that I'll have opportunities. Wow. What a man of God, eh? So we would pray this for ourselves too. Judith and I were in Greece and Turkey in 2011 we got to go on this tour in the footsteps of Paul. And while we're in Turkey, we went to Colossae. This is the place where these people lived. Obviously, that's why they called them Colossians. <laughs> and uh, all that remains of Colossae, when we saw it 11 years ago, is just a big mound of dirt. Huge. Maybe there's some old ruins of buildings underneath there, but at the moment it's just a big pile of dirt. Nothing that has any evidence that people ever lived there or were, in fact, representatives of Jesus and spreading the good word and being kingdom influences. But the word is timeless, correct? The word is alive and it, it is just as relevant for us, for you and me today. You, you people use, that's Australian, isn't it? You folks online and you folks here in the room. We folks in the room. It's really important that we get a grip of the word and live according. Okay, bells. So let's open this up, eh? Here we go. Highly missional people will do these things. B, blessing. This is just about spreading acts of kindness or giving gifts or giving words of affirmation. You can never be over generous with blessing people as a Jesus person, correct? Like the fellow who was in the news just a few weeks ago, I don't know whether he's a Christian or not, but he was blessing people by paying for their groceries bill when they came through the checkout. Did you see that story? No, you probably only watched the bad news stories, okay? This was a good news story. This fellow's going, let me pay for you. And they're sort of, what? What? 
you know, oh, okay. Blessing is an important value and a good habit to have as a kingdom person, to be blessing people. Ask God right now or when you get home, when you're in a more relaxed mood, although you look pretty relaxed to me, your eyes are still open, so that's a bonus. But ask God which three people you are to bless this week and how. At least one Christian and at least one non-Christian. See, of all people, we should be living questionable lives. I think I've used that phrase before, questionable lives. That doesn't mean suspect, but lives lived in such a way that it begs the question, why do you live this way? Why do you do these things? Questionable lives. So that's about blessing others, Christians and non-Christians. We, in effect, bind ourselves more deeply to the people we're blessing. Correct? We do. You can't just bless someone and walk away. Here's the second one, the E. What do you reckon E might stand for? No, not the enemy. No, this is stuff you've got to do. Yeah, we'll do him like a dinner. But in Jesus' name. But E, eat, eating. Yeah, oh, hey, this is easy. We love this. All those who love calories are going, yeah, baby, eating. Now, friends, seriously, when we eat together, we engage in more significant conversation, correct? When we eat together. That is why you so often see people as part of church communities eating meals together. It's not just because they're cheapskates and don't want to pay for a meal, but they get a free feed, a free feed at the Salvation Army or the Baptists or the, wherever. It is a part of who we are as God's people. We have community and we eat together. We share a meal. When Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me, what were they doing? They were having a meal. Every time we eat together, remember Jesus. Ask God again, which three people you are to eat with this week? At least one Christian, at least one non-Christian. There you go. It might be an invitation to your house or you might meet them somewhere. But eat with someone intentionally as a Jesus person. It's a good habit to have. I mean, if you're not going to eat, you're going to die, right? So it's a worthwhile habit. But as a missional person, someone who is keen to see the influence of Jesus spread throughout Australia, keep this in mind. Intentionally eat with people who need to hear about Jesus. Here's the first L. You got that so far? Bless, eat. This one is learn. Now, specifically, learning Jesus. Being shaped by the example of Jesus. Read and know the gospel so that you are shaped by his life and you actually marinate in what his life was like. We could all probably stand up and share a story that, about Jesus, or maybe even two stories, or three stories. What we need to do, friends, is be absolutely absorbed by the lifestyle of Jesus, how he did community, how he did relationship, how he spoke and shared with people. Learn Jesus. That's for all of us. You can never go, yeah, I think I know all there is to know about Jesus. Wrong. You know very little if that's what you're saying. 
learn Jesus. For example, the woman who was called out as an adulterer, what was his response? You know what his response was. He didn't condone it, but he said, where are your accusers? And all the wisest of the people who were there with rocks in their hand, which were the oldest blokes, dropped the rocks and walked away knowing, yep, you got us there, Jesus. Where are your accusers? There's no one here. He said, well, neither do I accuse thee. Go and sin no more. That is a spectacular response. And you can do that too. By doing that, I mean always showing compassion, always showing forgiveness and never condemnation because we are all tarred with the same brush. Similar with the Samaritan woman at the well. Read that story. That's a great story too. Someone who was culturally dissociated from the Jewish family and the culture. Did that worry Jesus? Not at all. When he looked at the woman at the well, he saw someone who needed redemption, someone who was damaged and needed help. And that's how he approached it. I wonder if you know anyone who's obsessed by something or someone and they quote them all the time. Now, you know, some people think I have a, a rock quote or lyric for every occasion. No, it's not true. Most occasions. Um, Mike Frost is a, an evangelical author um, who's based in Sydney. And he said he's got a friend who is right into Leon Trotsky. And he said, everything you talk about, he said, oh, Trotsky said that. And Trotsky would have done this. He said, we're going to be so obsessed with how Jesus responds and reacts to things and do that. With the help of the Spirit of Christ within us, we can. It is simple, but we have to be intentional about it. So that's the first of the L's. Learn Jesus. Keep absorbing yourself with the life, the style, the, the communication skills, the way he did life, and reflect that. The second L is listen. Listen to the Holy Spirit. See, we... We're in a space now as the people of Jesus where um, if, if we were to sort of sit together and relate only to other Christians all of the time, it's a scary thought. You know, on a life spectrum, if, you're, if the one extreme is to be totally removed from anything or any person who isn't Christ, Christian, that's not missional. That's not Jesus' style at all. I mean, he got accused of being a... A party animal, didn't he? And a boozer? He did. You read it. He didn't use those words, but that's what, exactly what it meant. Mixing with people who need to know Jesus. So that's one extreme, being totally removed and only ever being with Christian people and having Christian this and Christian that. and uh, Frustrating. The other extreme is looking and living just like everyone else in our community. That's unhealthy too. So we have to learn, friends, if we are to be good, worthy, effective representatives of Jesus, how to balance our engagement in the world, but also the difference that being Christian 
makes in your life. Being in the world but not of it is how the scripture puts it. And that's the hardest place to find because there's no rule book for this area where you're not totally with the Christians all the time and you kind of mix it with the world but not be of the world. So in this space, there's no rule book. There is no rule book. Hence the word listen. Who do you think we might be listening to? To the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus. So we've got to learn to create a space to sit and listen. It's critical in a life where we might be engaged with unbelief, with injustice, with brokenness, and we need to know what the Spirit would be saying or doing in our context. You with me? So we have to be listening, keeping tuned in. It's like, you know, when you're a little kid and you had to hold mum or dad's hand and they'd be saying things like, listen or watch or don't run away, right? You had to be totally focused on what your parent or your carer was saying and you had to be tuned in with them. Otherwise, you paid the price. How intimate are we with Jesus? If Jesus gives us a nudge in our spirit, do you get it? To be honest, sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. And there's some spectacular examples where when Jesus has said or given me a nudge and I've responded and something good has happened. I thought, wow, what a way to live. Why don't I do that all the time? And that's a question we need to ask ourselves continually. But like I said, there's no rule book for how to live in the space, so we have to learn to listen to the Spirit. And the, first, the last letter is the S word or the S letter, and it stands for scent. Not scent as in perfume, you know, pss, pss, this sort of stuff. Or, Ooh, smells nice. No, it's giving me a headache. Not S-C-E-N-T, but scent, S-E-N-T. Start to see every aspect of your life as potentially an expression of God's work in this world. We are sent people. After all, God is ultimately the God of all creativity, justice, wholeness, beauty and reconciliation. Is he not? And we are his people. We are his kids. We are the ones who are called to carry the presence of Christ in our world and in our relationships. What about this? What about keeping a diary of how you mirror God's nature this week? That's not so you can just go, oh, look what I did. But just as a reminder of how it is such a simple thing when we're intentional to reflect the love, the attitude, the forgiveness, the compassion, the reconciliation, the energy, the beauty, the creativity of the living Christ in every relationship and every situation where we find ourselves. Just as a little example here, um, Thursday I was at the Collaroy Centre. Uh, a couple of people there, Adam Gallagher for those who know him, and Cherie Cocking, have been there for about 30 years each. And now they have finished. Positions have been made redundant for right or wrong, but these two people have been involved as sent 
people at the Collaroy Centre for decades. They weren't just there to have a job, to earn money. They were there because they believe that Jesus' presence is something we are not negotiable on. Wherever we go, we carry the presence of Christ in the way we live, the way we speak, the way we act, the way we react, the way we respond to people. We are a sent people and we work, we need to work harder on carrying the presence of the one who we each call Lord. Which brings me back to the slide. Could we put that slide back up again, Damien? We do not build the kingdom of God on earth by our own efforts. The most we can do through genuine prayer is to make as much room as possible in ourselves and in the world for the kingdom of God so that its energies can go to work. That's it. Bells, B-E-L-L-S. Bless, eat, learn, listen and be sent. See yourselves as a sent, see ourselves as a sent community to carry the presence of Christ into this world. How are we going to do it? Well, it brings us back to our knees. How do we keep it revitalised? The only way that Jesus gave us is the way that he did himself in the Garden of Gethsemane. He said when he was praying, Nevertheless, not my will, but yours. The team are going to come up and join me on the platform now and we're going to sing... I surrender. You're going to sing, I surrender. Now, this is not um, saying, well, yeah, I've been bad, I've been bad. It's just a place where we must come on a regular basis, surrendering yet again to God in his ultimate plan to redeem the world and to bring reconciliation, to bring redemption and forgiveness in every relationship where you find yourselves on a daily basis. So let's sing this together, reflect on it, and remember that we are a sent people.